0: Almighty. Today our topic that God has given me is grave clothes. We all know the story of Lazarus, how Mary and Martha are the two sisters of Lazarus, and they call for Jesus to come, and it took four days for God to get there. But I want to go deeper into this. You all know I I, I teach on a different level. I don't want you to be stuck on the mediocre things of God. You know, we know him to be a mind regulator. We know him to be a healer. We know him to be a bill payer. We know him to make ways out of no ways. We know him when we want to call him but we don't give him the glory and satisfaction when it comes down to us having to wait on the Lord. And when we have to wait for him, for some reason, our faith begins to fail. We begin to feel or think that number one, he's not coming, and on top of him not coming, we begin to think he's not going to do what she said or what we asked of him to do. So when you hear grave clothes, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Anybody?
1: Dead clothes, old clothes?
0: Mm hmm. Anybody else? Would you care to elaborate on that?
1: For me? Yeah. When I hear the word grave clothes, we think about a grave, so that's somebody who you get ready to lay the rest, or so those clothes that they're going to. Lay eternity in, so it's like those clothes that you're leaving you're resting in
0: okay, Anybody else? nobody else want to comment.
1: Okay. And so that's in the, But that would be in the natural. If you want to talk about it, in the, if you're talking about like in well, where we talk about the flesh or the natural grave clothes, that's what it is. But in the, if you're talking about in the spirit in the things of God, grave clothes is taking off the old you, you know, putting away the old stuff that you used to do or whatever, whatever. So you can have on the new. Mm-hmm. In other words, off those old things, old worldly things, so what God has really placed inside you can come out.
2: Then mm-hmm. it's not gonna
1: come out still wearing the old stuff.
2: Mhm.
1: It's like how can you get a new car if you still got the old one that don't work in the driveway. You gotta get it out the way.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else wanna give it a try? Speak on it. What comes to mind when you hear grave clothes? And I'm giving you exactly what God gave me on yesterday. When, I, As you all know, every time I have to speak, I ask God, what do you want me to give to your people? What do you want them to know or have? And he said grave clothes this morning it rained grave clothes. I said, okay. So the only thing that I can think of as far as grave clothes that I can give you is from Lazarus' standpoint. But as the sister just spoke, is that Sister Jackie? Yes. Uh, Sister Jackie just gave us Both of her insights, and there's no right or wrong, but the thing I want you to get and understand is when you naturally go to the funeral home to lay your loved ones, your friends to rest, they don't ask you to go to the store and get grave clothes. You must bring in brand new, fresh clothes to bury the dead ends. Now, back in Jesus' time, they were wrapped in herbs that were infused in strips. So their bodies were wrapped from head to toe. So you had a napkin over your face, but the rest of your body is wrapped to where they say like mummified because you're not able to move anything. If you did, you did. So they try to preserve your body as much as they can by wrapping you in so many gauze of these strips that's infused with these herbs. Mm-hmm. Well, now, today's time... They do a lot to the body. They take, they remove your organs, they remove your blood, they remove everything out, and you're hollowed out. Now, everyone does not know this process, but in that time, they were able to retrieve the body. Turn your Bibles to John, St. John, chapter 11. And we're going to start at verse 1 because it says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and his, and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abided two days still in the same place where he was. Therefore, God did not get up immediately to travel to where Lazarus was. Verse 7, Then after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go unto Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jew of of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again. So even in the city of Judea, they did not want Jesus there. They were still after him. Jesus answered, are they uh, there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of his world. But if a man walk in night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. These things said he... And after that he said unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Now, going back to us in today's time of death, and we're at the funeral home conducting business, and they're telling you what you need to bring in for your loved ones, your friends, and they're asking that you bring in the undergarments, the socks, the shoes, the headpieces, the jewelry, you know, how do you want the makeup and all these things to look. Once again, putting on all the worldly things, right, onto something that is dead, So Lazarus has already been prepared for burial by the time that Jesus got there. He's already in his tomb by the time Jesus gets there. Mary and Martha heard that Jesus was coming, and they began to say, well, Jesus, He's already been dead for days now. He surely stinketh. <laughs> now, we've been laying dead for four days. We completely rotten now because we have nothing within us. So that's why they put us in a what? A freezer. But back then... They didn't have these amenities to do that because it wasn't their tradition. So now we're sitting here rehollowed out. We have nothing within us. When God wanted to perform a miracle, he had to go and get permission from the Father. So they knew, Mary and Martha knew, they believed. Because Lazarus is sick, they knew that Jesus is the Christ. He is coming. He is going to save their brother. He is going to heal the brother. But he died. They buried him. They wrapped him. They put him in a tomb. Jesus arrives. They're saying, Jesus He surely stinketh by now. It's been four days. God is saying, remove the stone from the tomb. Now, in Book of Romans, it speaks about our groaning. It says, when you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit will make intercession for you through your moanings and your groanings. Huh? Now, listen to this here. All God did was groan in his spirit. All right, It didn't say that he spoke. Now, Mary and Martha knew that God was coming. So they decided to go to the tomb where Lazarus was. But God did not allow himself to be known that he was in the city. But Martha and Mary knew. So they met him in a certain place. Then Jesus said unto them, plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, neither the let us go unto him. Verse 16, we're still in uh, St. John 11, verse 16. Then said Thomas, which is called Demia, unto his fellow disciples. Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then, when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fourteen four lines off, and many of the Jews came. to to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadest been here, my brother had not died. But Mm -hmm. I know. That even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now that's how we all are thinking in this hour. Okay, God, I know you have the healing power. I know you have the power to raise the dead. But that's the power for when the end of time comes, when we all are to be raptured up with you. But where is your faith
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to say, Holy Spirit? My daughter, my sister, my aunt, my mother, my brother, my father, my husband, my wife, my child is laying here dead. And I'm talking about before you take them to the funeral home, before the coroner comes. I'm be I'm speaking before now. Because if you believe that Heshanda, the same God that can heal you, that can keep you, and you don't have money to pay bills, you don't have money to buy food, you don't have mm-hmm. ways to get transportation, but you're believing this same God for these miracles. Why mm-hmm. cannot you believe this same God about taking your grave clothes off?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, once again, I'm I'm giving you the picture here. We go to the funeral homes. They remove all of your organs and everything out of your body. But back in Jesus' time, you were buried with everything that you had that he gave you from the beginning. So twenty-five says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Meaning God is asking, do you believe that?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm trying to help you in your dead situations here because y'all put on some grave clothes Mm -hmm. that you should not have ever, 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 ever been wrapped up in, nor shall you have been in that tomb or grave. May Koraban Sanduria Mahaya be Korebashandalehe Ho Sata Bianamasi Koreabandi Glory be unto God He says who soever liveth and believe Praise the Lord, welcome. We're in St. John chapter 11 and our topic today is grave clothes. What does that mean to you or what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear grave clothes? Now the advantage that Lazarus has And anyone in Jesus' time is that God could come back to retrieve them. Because you have to what? Believe. Just as you believe God to heal your body, sanctify you, it's the same thing. But because today all these things are removed From us, especially if you're an organ donor, they're really going to tear your body apart because they want the organs. Some people have lost their lives due to people selling them out because of their organs. Organs are a high commodity now. They want them as young as babies, even to our elders' age, because you got some good-looking elders walking the earth. Verse 27, she saith unto him, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world and when she had said and when she had so said she went her way and called mary her sister secretly saying the master is come and calleth for thee as soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came in unto him Now, Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews, then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Going back to what I just
1: said
3: in the
0: book of Romans, when you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to pray, the Spirit will make intercession for you through your moanings and your groanings. And who better to groan than Jesus in the Spirit and was troubled and said, where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how loved him. Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore gained groaning in himself. Cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone, Martha. The sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, Thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary And had seen the things what Jesus did. Believed on him. I'm going to stop there because I want you to understand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. That when God
4: speaks,
0: it is to be so. When God comes forth and speaketh, it is to be so. They asked Jesus to come because they knew that he had the power. But they knew that He, they believed on him to raise the dead. Now, the Jews did not believe that God could do these things. They knew he was going around doing multiple things that they tried to accuse him of doing wrongly. But he was in the will of his father to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to open blinded eyes, to make ways for the people that they could not do for themselves. Nowadays, we don't see these manifestations because you don't believe that God can do them. Wow. Not that they cannot be done, but Mm -hmm. you do not believe that it can be done. God did not say you had to buy anything. He did God did not say you had to travel nowhere. God did not say you had to put something in the mail in order for to receive something back. All God said was To believe. John 11, verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Mm -hmm. God is asking you, do you believe? Mm -hmm. And he's saying, as long as you are living and you believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all, If you believe that God is the resurrection, huh? Mm -hmm. If you believe that God is going to heal your body or heal her body or heal his body, if you believe that God is going to make way out of no way, if you believe that God is going to give you your home, if you believe that God is going to open up doors, if you believe that God is going to do so shall it be, Because Lazarus surely was in the grave for days, decomposing, thinking. And God took his time coming because he already knew what he had the capability of doing. But today, because we go through so many processes of burial, of death, no one's believing that God can raise the dead. Mm-hmm. You have your few cases here and there. I was dead. I was on my deathbed. I was this. I was that. You've heard some cases, the babies being in the, in the morgue down in the hospital, And they were alive or a few people end up. But you don't see the multitudes of the dead being raised because there's no belief. So I ask you again, when you hear grave clothes, what comes to mind? Anybody?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably it's Alicia you have anything to say. Oh, past moment. Hello. I can't hear you. I said, does anyone have anything to say, anything to share about grave clothes? What comes to mind? Death. Uh-huh, go ahead.
3: When you talk about grave clothes, what comes to mind? I heard somebody say what you were buried in, but... Uh, the clothes that buried in, the grave clothes and death but I think the body is, I think it's talking about dead things. But um I was listening to you I was reading verse twenty five.
0: Uh-huh.
3: It said Jesus said unto Jesus said unto her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me though he were dead, yet he lives. And what else, I heard you say that um you were saying that uh you don't see these things in our time, and I time has very few faces and that's truth as um okay so they're, they're doubting, they have doubt and they they're doubting in themselves. They don't have the faith in themselves nor do they have a faith in Jesus. They have a faith in Jesus that they can have because we read it in the Bible. But the problem is they don't have a faith enough faith within themselves to know that when they speak it it shall come to pass. But they have to have enough belief and faith that The God in them is the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead, and that same power that he has, they have, because he is in them, and he's given that authority to operate on that level. But the reason we're not seeing it is because the preachers and the pastors don't have that kind of faith to speak it and watch it manifest. And that's why we're not seeing it in our time in these days because that faith is not there within themselves. The doubting is also there to make them doubt and don't want to be ashamed if they are at a funeral and try to raise this person or think about raising this person But then what what if this don't happen? So that faith is not there but like I said, in twenty-five, he says he's a resurrection and the life, and that he that believes in, in me, though he he believes in me, though he did, yet he's still alive. And he says he that believes in me, though he did, where he believes in God and Jesus when he's alive, though he's dead, he believed in Jesus when he was alive. He still lives. He can be. Raise resurrect, but you got to have that faith and and that and, and and to know that you know that your life is in order and your relationship with God is tight, and when you speak this yeah. it shall happen. So if you believe. It. hello, yeah. Um. Hello? Uh-huh, we're here. Oh, I thought somebody was saying something. But that that's what the um, Lord was showing to me, that, um, that he is the life of resurrection. And though he is dead, he believeth in me, yet he should live. Even though he is dead, he died, he believeth in the Lord, and yet he shall still live, that he could, can be resurrected like Lazarus was. But in, in our time, in our situation, a person that dies in Christ and what we say he died early, this, that, and the other, if that person believed in God, he can still live. You know, you know, though he let yet live on the other side, he can yet live still on this side. But you got to have that faith to call it forth, like Jesus said, Lazarus come forth. You got to have that faith when you're at that funeral to call that person forth and not doubt. I see a lot of people in our time that I know it wasn't their time, but the pastors are scared to operate in the full fullness of God and under the full authority of God that He's handed down to them because of doubt. But what if I call this person forth, and this person do not come forth? Where well, they don't come back forth and come to life, because you're already doubting. What if? And that's why we don't see. That's why we don't see these things. But, um, and that's the problem in our churches, and that's the problem with our people. So, um, you know, just, just got to just got to know that you know that you know. You know, Lord told me that I was raised dead spiritually and he said you were raised to be dead physically. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to activate that faith, you know. And I know the anointing I walk under and I know the power of God that I operate in, but um, I'll say this, and I think my wife's gonna say something, but I was in a church in Wichita Falls, and um, Wichita Falls Texas and they, it was a Baptist church, but they have spirit field outside on the sign. They've yet changed the sign. Now it says something else, but um, you know how the Baptist believe once, uh, once you confess and and, and Acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, and Savior. You are saved, and at that time, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and you don't have to change anything, just believe. But uh, I went to the service, and in the service, in their service, they praise and worshipped, and they would sing a song, come to the altar and get the Holy Ghost power, and just that and the other. But, you know, at the end of this, at the service, the pastor asked, do you have anything to say? And the Lord kept telling me and telling me to tell him to preach on the Holy Ghost, to preach on the Holy Spirit. And I told him four five different times, and he said he would. And then one day the Lord changed it, what he was saying, and he said, you preach on the Holy Ghost and on the Holy Spirit. And I remember saying, Lord, this man ain't going to let me up behind that pool pit, because they knew my reputation. I live." I stood what I lived for, and I lived for what I stood for. And um, at the end of that particular service, he asked, did anybody have anything to say? When I went to speak, the Holy Spirit took over, and I started speaking in tongues, and he took me to the front. You know, I said, I have a move of God on me, but you just have to see it to understand it. But um, with that, this lady brought this man that was paralyzed in the wheelchair, uh, um, totally paralyzed, and couldn't talk. It's really messed up. But through all that, the Lord let me know while the man was there. And in this particular church, I said it's a Baptist church. They praise and worship. They praise and worship like they dancing in the club on Saturday. They bring it on church on Sunday. And uh, so when the Lord took me up to the front. You know, I told him, y'all better stop playing with God in this church. And uh, when I went to speaking and the Holy Spirit took when I started speaking in tongues, the pastor's wife turned completely to the side, uh, all the way around to the side. She was scared of it. You, know, the, you know, some of them scared of because they don't understand it because it's not preached there. But um, as I'm speaking and, and all of that, this man over there in the wheelchair. And so I started praying for the man, and the Lord was telling me to call the pastor of the church down to help me pray for him. And when I called the pastor, the pastor could just see fear in his face, but he was scared. And uh, he was scared to pray for the man and all that. After it all said and done, I told him, I said, y'all are so focused on yourselves in this church. I said, this man missed his healing today. I said, God was going to heal this man. I said, but y'all are so focused on shaking your butts and playing around in church. This man missed his healing today. And um, I say that to say this, is that because of the fear that the pastors have and their lives is not in order and not living it, they know that they don't operate under that authority. And a lot of people are missing their healings. Like you say, we don't see that in this time and this day in our, in our time. And we don't because of the fear of the pastors, not just the pastor, men and women of God. You say sanctified and baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have that same power to operate under authority no matter where you are. And that's the problem, is the doubt, like Martha doubted. She knew he could do it, but she thought he had to be that, you know, at that time. But, um, and, and that's, that's where it's at today, Shadon. You, to you got to get your faith level up and know that you can do it at any funeral. If, if Smith Wigglesworth done it, you can do it. But you have to believe.
2: Amen.
4: Amen.
3: Yes, I'm going to say.
4: Amen.
0: Is there anyone else have anything to share, say?
5: I was going to share Sister Shadon. Um, you said what does the grave clothes mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, what well, I like, what came to my mind was um the Lord showing us a picture of his death, burial and resurrection. Just like um the parables, how he taught in parables. And he concealed his truth, but he would give stories that the people could relate to, like they could relate to farming and um, different things they you know that he taught on going back to that um to um in John eleven and four I'm sorry, I had it up here. And anyway, I'm not going to hold you. The verses um, 11 and 4, when it talks about um, this is for the glory of God, what I see when it mentions his death, Lazarus' death, I saw a picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Lazarus died because of the sickness. And then he was buried in that cave. And then Jesus came, which he says in eleven in John eleven, twenty five, I am the resurrection. He resurrected Lazarus. I saw the picture of that. if that makes sense.
0: So when you say you saw the picture, what is the actual picture that you saw? Because we have some seers on the line. So so, mm-hmm. so, so you're moving in the spirit because mm-hmm. we're still helping everybody cultivate their gifting in Christ. So God didn't give us this topic for nothing. hmm
5: so when um when you open up your Bible and it'll it'll explain some things about, you know, learning the Bible. It'll say, you know, these are pictures of, you know, of um the teachings of God. Um, this is it'll show you um signs um of the things of God. In the Bible, when you're reading and when you're studying, he will also give you a picture of, let's just say, of what's to come. And even though in the, you can't see it in the spiritual realm, you see what's before you. You can see uh, water flowing. You can see a tree in front of you a picture okay let's just say people can draw people draw pictures Mm -hmm. these are physical things that you can see before you but just like the parables when he told on parables when you go through the bible and you can find all the parables of jesus well he talked to them not in the spiritual but in parables of things that they could relate to. And these and you know, and he and these things was revealed to his disciples or sometimes they didn't even know, they would ask him, What do you mean by that? So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm saying about the death. This is just what came to me. It was a picture of of Jesus death Burial and resurrection. They saw Lazarus dead. They saw Lazarus buried. They saw Lazarus resurrected. So now, in the spiritual realm, the people can believe Jesus is well. Jesus, was, you know, Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected. Because you, it you know, some of you, some of us. Well, I'm not going to say us, but I hear in the world, you know, that people don't even believe in the resurrection. Or some people believe that you're going to, you know, die and come back as a rabbit. So it's important when, you know, when we're studying, and you know, and we're learning the things of God, that we understand how how, uh, um, the content relates to either the time or the place. You know, or the scenery. Uh huh. And you know, future, present, or in the past. That's what and then, like I said, that's what, that's what I saw. I saw a picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and what He did in Lazarus' life for all to see for the glory of God.
0: That's what the Bible says.
5: Amen.
4: Anyone else?
1: Yes, I have something to say. Um, This is Jackie again. Uh Uh-huh. When she was, um, the young lady was talking, um, some people only believe in what they see. A lot of people. If they don't see it, they don't believe it. But. It all boils down to faith like the other guy, was, like this guy who earlier was talking. It depends on your faith. And we know faith is the substance of things, hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. But the world we live in, people have to see it in order to believe it. Now, when you talk about faith, the Bible says that we should have faith the size of a mustard seed. So that's like when you first come into the things of God, he says, all I need you to have is a, enough the size of a mustard seed. That's all I need you to have right now. But in order for us to get to where they were back then in the Bible, you know, even Meshach, Shadrach, you know, all of them believing and having faith, they put me in this fire. You know, I know it's a fourth man in the fire, which is Jesus, or Daniel and the Lion's End. In order for our faith to grow, like some people's faith is still the size of a mustard seed. In order Mm -hmm. to get to... We believe in that God can raise the dead. We have to have supernatural faith. Our faith has to start growing. It should, if, you, if you've been walking this walk for 10 to 15 years, your your faith should not still be the size of a mustard seed. It should grow by now. A mm-hmm. limit, a great a ball. Where is your faith is the question. Because mm-hmm. if your faith. Here, then your walk then I know that if I lay hands on this person, it's not me, it's the power of the anointing that God placed inside of me that this person can be healed. This person can be delivered. This person can be set free. So it's all about where your faith is. <clears throat> if you have the faith, you know, and like I said, some of us are still right there at that must have seen faith because that's well that's what the Bible said, yes. But in order for you to grow just like a tree or, or, or if you plant a seed, you have to attend to it. You have to water it. it, has, it needs so our faith in God, that seed, that mustard seed has to grow. How does it grow? By studying his word, you know, by meditating and having a relationship with God and, and allowing your faith to grow. But if it doesn't and you're not attending to your seed, then it's going to stay right there. So the question is, where is your faith? Like the young man was saying, you know, their faith wasn't there because they feel like that must have seen faith. You know, we have faith to believe. Yeah, God can, you know, get my bills paid. Somebody said, oh, I don't know if it was your apostle's on or put food in the refrigerator. He could do this. Yeah, okay, but now you're here because out of our mouth we speak it.
2: <clears throat>
1: I got faith, God, and yes, I believe this and that. God will put you through that test to see where your faith is. And then on top of that, remember, people are watching. You said you had this supernatural faith and God put you in this place or this situation. People are watching to see what you're going to do, how you're going to respond, how you're going to react to certain things. And then there's a question, but even if, but even if God doesn't do it, he still, like, even if he doesn't raise it from the dead, Like the scripture says, even though they're dead, they're still alive, you know, when he comes back. So it's like, where's your faith?
4: That's right.
0: That's right. Anyone else? So going back to how we are buried today. When you are an organ donor, and sometimes in cases even when you're not organ donors, we don't know whether you still have all your organs within you or not because we're not in the funeral home with you. So do you still believe that God can raise you from the dead and you don't have no organs within you, you're just hollowed out? Do I still believe? I still believe God can raise you because we are spiritual. The ordinance doesn't
4: make a difference, big difference or not. They they won't have no use in the in the afterlife. They won't be used. They won't be used.
3: Be. I believe. Um,
4: I'm speaking
0: of I'm them- if you were dead today. And you call forth for the preacher to come or the, the elders to speak to the Father on your behalf. And they're asking God, let this body be here. Do yeah. you believe?
2: Still
0: yet? Yeah. 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 They have organs in their body. But do you yeah. believe that God can still be? His ruhak breath, all and to the nostrils of the body that it shall live again. Yes. I believe yes.
3: I believe I believe that
0: where God wants us to go. We have to be so radical in this season. I'm not even gonna say in this season. I'm gonna say in this season because God is out of this season to another season to another dimension. Because we're not gonna be able to stay where we are because the miracles are gonna be so great. We're gonna see God raise the dead. We're gonna see God heal the sick. God making the lame not to be lame and dumb, the mute spirits to speak. I've seen some of these things already in my walking, but what there is to come, God is going to do the miraculous, but your belief has to be there. You cannot come in trembling. That's what I'm telling y'all. I'm trying to prepare you for where God has taken us. I don't even know the full extent of where we're going. But I know we're going somewhere, and I know we need to be equipped. And I'm not equipping you for what I want you to have. I'm equipping you for what God wants you to have because you all venture off and do things on your own. I'm not there. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just here as a mother to some and a minister to others and an overseer for the rest. I wear many hats. I'm here to help you birth out. You all don't stay. You all go where you want to go and you come back to get rejuvenated or whatever the case may be. But you need to know and find your rightful places in the kingdom. And this is why God is taking us in this dimension and direction because you need to understand what gray clothes are, what they look like. This is nothing to take or play with lightly. Do you have the faith? Do you have the... And he's not even talking about faith at this point. He's talking about just belief. Go back to the podcast. Listen to it. God is simple, easy, and free. He's not so complex like the church has made him out to be. Anything that you ask of the Lord, so shall it be. And if you believe it, so shall it be unto you. Because everything's not for everybody. Everybody's not going to grab hold of faith. Everybody's not going to walk out salvation the same. Salvation is free, but the anointing costs. To whom much is given, much is required. So don't be out here with this foolishness that these churches and ministries are trying to show you and teach you about God. You got to read this word and understand what you're reading and get a full understanding of what you are reading. And know that it is God that worketh and doeth these things and not you yourself. Amen. Yes. Because you go out there and them demons start manifesting because the dark realm of the demonic is not pretty. So when you go to talking about these grave clothes, you got demons that's walking around with grave clothes on. Come on now. Yeah. You talking about smelling and stinking, you haven't smelled death until you, you smell death. And that's a smell that you will never forget. So I'm giving you some things that the church ain't going to give you. Because they're scared to preach about this stuff. Because they don't want people to take their eyes off of them and go back to God. We're supposed to direct you to God. We're not supposed to direct you to us because we're not the one that have the power. We suffered and still are to have this anointing that we have. I've suffered long and hard to have what I have. And many of you have witnessed the power of God through me just speaking. And I don't know you, never seen you. But because of your belief, because Lazarus believed on God, and Mary and Martha believed on God, but Lazarus was the one that had the ailment and died because of their belief. All working together, and those that were still left here, it did not faint them. Yes, they believe, well, now he's dead. There's nothing you can do now. You should have come earlier. But God is showing the power. I am the resurrection. Resurrection is to be lifted up. I come to retrieve whatever I need, whatever I want. But also it's about what you want. That's how loving God is. It said that God loved Lazarus. He loved Martha and he loved Mary. Now, if he don't love you, I know he ain't doing it. I'm sorry, that's too right. That's too right. That's too political. Because now we're categorizing people of who God is going to work for. It's in the word. I'm not making it up. It's in the Word. God said that his family are those that believe and worship the Father that he believes and worship. So if you're around people that do not believe in God, that does not love God, God has no love for them, you're not going to see the rehabilitation, you're not going to see the wellness of, and wholeness of God. You're not going to see the Holy Spirit move. You're going to see flesh move. You're going to see the flesh die. That's why God says, let the dead bury the dead. Because some of us are so dead in the spirit that we don't have no life in us. You decided to walk away from God. God is still standing waiting on you. But when it comes to grave clothes, that means you're bound up. You're wrapped up whether you're wrapped in the flesh or you're wrapped in the spirit. And if you're wrapped in the spirit, those things must be shedded off. And if you're wrapped in the flesh, they most definitely have to be shedded off in order for you to live. Because when you're wrapped, you're dead. You have no movement, no motion. There's no life there. No matter what the burial process is, if God want to come and get you up about that grave, he's going to come and get you up out. If you're in your sickness and you've called for God, and in his timing, once again, because he waited four days to go and visit Lazarus, no matter what state you're in. No matter how long it took God to get there, as long as your belief is still upon him, it will work us out for your good. You shall be victorious. You shall see the victory. The victory is won. You shall regain your life again. Your walk in Christ shall continue, but it shall be greater than what there was before. You shall not stay the same. When God awakens you, you shall not stay the same. Therefore, somebody has to come and cut you out of your grave clothes because you can't do it alone. Chapter 12 says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, and Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment and spik- spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then says one of his disciples, uh, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my bearing had she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you but me, ye have not always much people of the Jews. Therefore knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus sake only, but they may, but that they might see Lazarus also whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, but because that, By reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, the king cometh, sitting on an ass caught. And I'm going to stop there. We all know the story. But we have to realize that Lazarus went on with life but not the same way. When God picks you up out of your grave and he asks us to loose you out of your grave clothes, you don't try to keep those things that are meant for burial. You let those things be buried. Even God had to be prepared and anointed for burial. So when it's time to let death be death, are you fighting against death or are you doubting about death because to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord? So are you thinking grave clothes, I need to believe that God can raise the dead and they live upon this earth? Or are he is he raising the dead for them to live in his presence? Because whatever God does supernaturally, that's for his kingdom. That's not for the world. Now we all know that God raises us up from our sick beds, our death beds, or our accidental beds and these things of such. But when he's really pulling those grave clothes off of you, are your wounds still open? Are your scars still not healed? What's up under these grave clothes? How did you get to this grave? And are you trying to call things forth that are supposed to be dead? So when it comes to your natural walking with God, either you are a servant, a prayer warrior, a intercessor, um, a prophetic intercessor, a prophetic prayer warrior, Are you a liturgical dancer? Are you a um, prophetic liturgical dancer? Are you a pastor? Are you a preacher? uh, I mean, are you an evangelist, a teacher, an apostle? You know, what is your title? What is your office? How do you operate? And are you in the right standing with the Father? To receive and see the manifestations of God in a proper manner. So you ask yourself when you hear grave clothes, what does that mean to you? Anybody else have anything to comment, say, or share? Oh, Jesus. Hey, basoga, Ma-yarabuho shadaba. Don? Uh-huh?
3: I don't know if that was you talking or, um, someone else about, um, do you believe God? And, uh, or do you believe this, that, and the other? All the organs throughout the body, this, and all that, and yeah, the other? Was was that was me. Who was that saying that? That was me. Oh, yeah. The Word says, the Word says, call those things, though so they be not, as so though they were. And it's speaking. So when you pray praying, uh, to resurrect this person, to bring this person back to life, although they've taken all the organs and everything out of this body, which it called those things though they be not. Those things are no longer there. So you call those things though they be not
2: mm. as
3: though they were. So you pray and you continue to pray and and. However you pray to bring that person back to resurrect that person, you pray in a way that those things are already there. Those those they those they, they be not there, you pray in a way that they're already there. Uh-huh. You Understand what I'm saying? So I believe I know, I don't believe, I know that uh God will God will use you or anybody else at that time to uh, bring a person back to life, whether the organs are there or not. <laughs> and yeah, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: hmm.
3: Mm hmm. That's, that's all I was saying.
0: Yeah, I know. I like to stir up my fire because I want to know what your belief is, I want to know where your faith is, I want to know yeah. what you're talking about, I want to know you read your word. The world don't know that. Yeah. Everybody in the world don't know the word. Because they read other things. They believe in other things. They believe in other gods. But does your God say that they are the resurrection? Does your God say that they are the life, the truth and the life? Does your God say that they are the beginning and the end. Does your God say that they are the author and of our faith? No. And you gotta know these things. Because what goes to the grave is to be dead unless it was risen on the third day as our Heavenly Father was. And is still risen. But you go to Buddha, Muhammad, um, Allah, you know, the Sincarita, you know, you go through all these, the Oshuns, the Oguns, you go through all of these others, and they're still there. Their bones, dust to dust, ash to ash, it's still there. Can these old dry bones live? Yes, because they're still there. But our God was not there when we went to go back to visit him on the third day. He was risen on the third day that we may have life and life more abundantly. And I'm not talking about coming back as, reincarnated of this and that, because that's not what God created you as. You're coming back illegally in the form of cats and dogs and birds and whatever else you want to try to say you can come back as. Because when he went back to get Lazarus, he was in the same form as a man that he created him in. The only thing that he had to come out of was his grave clothes that he can see and move and, and, and have his limbs to use. He had to take all that old mess off that he can live in the new. And it's the same for you. When you felt like you were dead spiritually and God has come back to resurrect you. You feel tight that you can't move. You can't do it because you still got some grave clothes on. You still got hooks and chains on you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Welcome. We're talking about grave clothes today. We're coming out of the book of John chapter 11. For those that have come on late, I'll send out the replay so you can go And get the fullness of the message. But to God be all the glory. Condition your mind, saints of God, that you are believing in the Lord. And not of the world and the world's way. Because that's not going to work when we go back into these church houses or these buildings, such as we say. Because as we've been online since January, well, since December of 2020, here we are in May 2002, I mean, May the 2nd, 2021, God is still working miracles, and nobody's laying physical hands on you. They're just... Speaking the word into your life, and you're receiving, and God is doing the miraculous. Why? Because you believe. And you may be so desperate for God to do it, but it doesn't matter whether you're desperate or not. If God wants to bless you, He's going to bless you. If you deserve it, you deserve it. Mm If it's time for you to come up higher in the Lord, he wants you to come up higher. If he's saying, I want you to be under this ministry, you have to follow what God wants you to do and where he wants you to be. He's not going to place you somewhere where you're not going to have free range. You're not going to be able to operate. You're not going to be able to voice your opinions and let your light shine. That's not of God. Because he just spoke about why he doesn't travel throughout the night because you will stumble because you have no way of, of seeing where your foot is being placed. But during the day, You're walking by light. You can see. But you are allowing people to make you walk by night, work by night. God said no man can work it when the evening comes because you won't have light to see nothing. Wake up, saints. Take your grave clothes off. Stop burying your own selves. You digging your own ditches and you falling in your own ways. You allowing these witches and witchcraft to to be played upon your life. You allowing, you call these things out. If you know that they are there, you are aware, even if you have an inkling and you don't know truly what it is, don't go to these soothsayers and the telemarketers and the the televangelists and all these people. You need to go to true men and women of God that you will be healed, delivered, set free for for the glory of God. Because God said that Lazarus shall live because of the glory of God. He did not say, Lazarus, come forth, you are healed, blessed be God. No, he said for the glory of God, he shall live it. And that was before he even got to the grave. Because when he got to the grave, he didn't even speak. He groaned in the spirit. Just through the groaning of God, it came forth. So what makes you think in Romans when it said, because of the Spirit maketh intercession for you through your moanings and your groanings, you don't have the same anointing that God has? You ain't calling no names. You ain't, you just, mm, uh-huh. Glory be to God. Just to moan and groan in the spirit. Within himself it says, Oh glory, glory, I feel the glory of God. Glory be unto God. And he called his name one time, Lazarus come forth. And he came hopping out. Hopping out. He hopped out. And they were there to take the grave clothes off of him because he can't take it off himself. He didn't wrap himself. He was bound up. So what makes you think you can do any of this by yourself? When you think of grave clothes, you ain't even thinking about yourself. You're thinking about people around you. But what about you? We have to learn how to call out for those that we know that can bombard heaven so that we can come out. Do you not understand that the enemy will wrap you in your own grave clothes? He will use your own stuff and wrap you in to make you think that this is how it's supposed to go. This is what it's supposed to be. But that's why when you're sleeping you have these dreams where we say the witches ride your back or the monkey on you or you you have these demonic dreams and you can't move, you can't talk. That's where the groaning comes in. That's where the utterance of that spirit making intercession for you. That's within you. Because it is God himself. It is God himself that cometh forth in this manner. The groaning of God. Amen, saints.
1: Amen. Amen.
5: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: I just want you to get the understanding on how you implement this word to be conducive for the truth of your life, not just being hearers and the readers of the word. You all are not picking your Bibles up and reading enough. This is why God is calling us to come forth and gather so that we can get the true divine word in us that we are no longer babes. We are eating meat. But you cannot eat meat and don't know how to chew and digest. Therefore, you need to go back and get your milk. Now, you need some milk. I can give you a little bit, but I ain't going to give you a lot. Because I give out big boy plates, big girl plates.
6: Apostle.
0: Yes, ma'am.
6: Can I say something concerning that right there?
0: Yes, ma'am.
6: Eating. Once you have graduated, it's like a baby. And you're, once you have grown to the effect in your body, I'm, I'm I'm speaking on a physical note now, and I'm going to move into the physical, spiritual. But once you have grown to a capacity of, of adult, the milk does not do the body any more good. It doesn't nourish it at all. Um, once it, as a baby, infant and baby uh, all the way up until – hold on a minute. I'm sorry. All the way up until you become an adulthood, or after I say after 30, the milk does not do the body any more good as nourishment. So once you graduate from the milk portion and you're eating meat, it's not saying that you cannot drink the milk, but it's not going to nourish your body like it's like it was once was. So there is no need that you need to go back to the milk
5: spiritually.
6: Once you have graduated from uh, the, of the sincere of the milk, um, of feeding off the word in a small way, that's what we mean about milk. Um, you're feeding off the word in a tiny, small portion way. So once you become an adult in the spirit, the milk does not uh, – Satisfy that spirit because you have already grown to the capacity to where you're able to eat meat and digest the meat. So if you in a if you're in a level of Christ that you're eating meat and you've been able to digest it, why go back to the milk? Amen.
4: Amen. Amen.
3: Amen.
0: Amen. And that's important to know, because when you get knocked down by the enemy, you feel like, I don't know anything. When you're coming out of those grave clothes, you're feeling like, I've been so bound, that I'm so compressed, I don't have anything left in me. But when God comes back to rehabilitate you, he's not going to leave you empty. He fulfills within you. So when those demonic forces come back to see if they can stift you again with their seven more desired imps or spirits to possess your body again, do you think they're going to fill you up with the goodness? No, they're going to fill you up with the bad. That's why we have to take on the whole armor of God that he houses us, that he's truly living within us so that the light is in us. Because when they find that it's still dark, they're like, oh, they left the door open. They left the garage open for us to come on in. You God has pulled you out of a dead church and you go back into the dead church. And you still picking up those demons and demonic spirits and you taking them home. It's wreaking havoc in your house. Your children are haywire. Your marriage has gone down. You have no energy, you know, but you still thinking, I'm praising God. Hallelujah. You stepping up in there with your tight dress on, your heels, your makeup on. Nobody's telling you, ma'am, it's time for you to take all this off. Because God said, as a woman, you're to be seen and not heard. You're to be modest. You are the weaker vessel. Sit down. I'm not saying you weak. You don't have no power. But it's a place and time for everything. When you have a husband, you allow your husband to be the forefront of all. No matter whether you're in church or out of church. Your husband comes first. You don't go and sit amongst your friends and you did not have your husband's plate fixed. If you're out somewhere, I don't know why I'm going here, but this is just what the, said the Lord. You don't go to your family's house and you let your cousins and everybody fix your husband's plate. No, ma'am. If he not sitting with the boys, no, ma'am. And even if he is. We got technology now. You can text them, baby, are you okay? Do you need something? Don't just go over there flaunting because, oh, them them cousins and the boys. No. You are a modest woman. Proverbs 31. If you're courting with somebody and you all are out, you do the same thing. They ain't got to be all up in you, but you ain't got to be all separated either because they need to know who you're with because you're saying, oh, well, he's open market or she's open market. And they're waiting for any and everybody that comes through. They don't care whether they're married or not. But if you want to wear your great clothes and you're ready to come out, let's come out of all of them, let's unstrap everything. Because your husband should be opening the doors for, your, for you. Your husband should make sure that you are okay and safe. Not just physically, but mentally too. Emotionally as well. And it's vice versa. Do you have prayer time with your husband? Do you all read the word together? Do you all converse about what you're reading? Do you have an open say-so? Does he have open say-so? Or are you constantly bickering arguing back and forth? You need some spiritual counseling. Oh, we went to counseling. No, was it spiritual? Was God involved? Because you can go to these people that have gone to school to counsel you, but that's a mental capacity. Do you have mental issues that need to be fixed through them? You need a spiritual counselor because this is a covenant that is, in one with god not in one with man it's a difference because i've had marriages that i've counseled where one did not come and i said don't worry they will eventually you just keep coming work on you because it always starts with you first it's a one-on-one individual thing You still got to work on yourself either way. What are you doing that's wrong? What are you doing that's lacking? Where do you need help? And we're going to pray for them until God brings them in when they get ready. That's just like people want to say, oh, don't marry him or don't be in a relationship with them. They don't go to church. They don't know God. How do you know whether they know God or not? How do you know their relationship? Just because they're not walking around professing his name as the hypocrites do on the corners like God asks us not to do, but they do it anyway, you think that's the one I should go with and that's the one that killed your whole family. Or them. That's the one that beat you upside your head. That's the one that goes to church and he's molesting the kids. Oh, I'm sorry, this is too real for you, but it's the truth. Oh, I want to go to this pastor's church because that man is preaching. He'll be preaching up in there, but yet he slept with your whole family, including the men. But y'all want to praise a man and not praise the glory of God within the man because you don't see it. That's why you can't give God glory because you don't see the glory. And you know you don't see the glory, and you still keep going. And you're mad because your husband don't want to go to church because they can see. Your husband don't have to be holy and sanctified, filled with oil, spilling all over. The oil is already on them. When he's telling you, I ain't going to that church, and you ask him why, and he tells you and you still want to ignore why he said why. But you want to listen to sister so-and-so and them, oh, don't worry. Your husband just don't want to do what God tell him to do. Well, most men don't want to do what God tell them to do because they have to see the riffraff in the church. I don't care how old the man is, they want to see the old-time church. They don't want to see this, what we call new church, When you come to church with your T-shirt and your jeans on. That's not how God intended for us to come before him. You come before him smelling good. My leader always told me, wherever you go, you be presentable because you don't know who you're going to see or who sees you. You never never. Know. Y'all, When y'all see me, y'all like, oh, my God, you, got, you look good. I always keep my hair wrapped for a reason because that's what God gave me to do. I always dress a certain way because that's what God gave me. You have your own style. Yes, you, you're because you sit under me. You might get the way that I preach or you might get the way that I pray. You might get what certain words or uh, phrases I use. That's just the all. You're supposed to receive that, but you still have your own way. But they're going to know who you come from by the way that you speak, you shout, you walk, and you dress. They're going to know, especially if they follow us. <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, I, I know who your spiritual mom is. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, we don't, we don't play over there. We don't play over there. No, we don't. Holiness is right. We don't have no denominations in here. Yes, I come from apostolic background, but the thing is, I'm not claiming names of anything. I'm claiming Jesus because that's what you need to know. All this Baptist and this and that, that has nothing to do with God's word. That's Man categorizing you to put you where you where he feel that you should be. If you're getting ordained and 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 that's not what God called you to be, you're in an office that you have to carry all this stuff that was never meant for you to carry and do. You're in the wrong place. You're illegal, and you wonder why you're getting so many red flags. You're wondering why you're getting jolted so much. It's like being in a car and you got whiplash because you got to keep pressing the brake, pressing the brake, pressing the brake. By this time, you you ain't no good because your head and neck is tore up. That's just how it is, and that's how the enemy wants you to be, confused. You're confused, he done took the head out. Now I can go ahead and wrap the rest of the body up now because they dead. They dead. We can go and put them on up in, in 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 the grave. Now we got their soul. We got them. We want them to pay a hundred dollars so they can get themselves out the grave. No, we, you know, this group over here, y'all need to pay a thousand. And and God's gonna um reveal unto you why you was dead. And then when you pay the next two thousand we going to take the grave clothes off you ourselves. You ain't got to worry about doing nothing. But you got to pay this money first. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says, if you believe, then you shall live. Now, when it comes to planting seeds and sowing, now that's something completely different. Those repercussions and blessings are on a whole nother level on what God can do. But God walking by the wayside, seeing you in your vomit and in your blood, seeing you on a Potter's wheel that he done put you on so that he can break you down and build you back up, seeing you at the pool trying to get in but you're blind and you can't see, seeing you and your family and and they got to open up the, the ceiling, lower you down, So that you can get healed, somebody need to know that you gotta have an urgency to say, Father, that it is me. It is our family that is in need of your glory over here. Somebody has something to say? Prophet Alicia.
4: No, I don't have anything to say.
0: We got to let these things go. When God comes, and, and God does not always send people to come and heal you. God comes himself because he already knows. And you're not ready. You're not prepared because you're not believing that God is going to heal you or he's going to make you well. God does what he want to do. Remember, our ways are not his ways, and our thoughts are not his thoughts. And I'm truly in my closing because I've given you already, praise the Lord, welcome, what thus says the Lord. Today our topic is about grave clothes. What do you you think when you hear grave clothes? And we came out of St. John chapter 11, and we basically went through the whole entire chapter. I just pulled out certain points. And if you have something to say, the floor is open.
4: Okay, What I think about gray clothes, woo, gray clothes, mm-hmm. trying to figure out which way you went with this, cause I can go two ways with it. We we went all
0: ways. We didn't leave nothing unturned. I just went down the
4: Well, I think about uh Lazarus, when he had um gray clothes and you know, of course. They say, you know, dead and stinking that you—you you know, you're dead. You know, I think about Lazarus when, when you know, when Jesus, you know, come forth, Lazarus. You know, it—it it, it just like raising. You can have on, let me say, you can have on gray clothes, but that doesn't mean that you're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sometimes we walk around and we feel like, uh people feel like that. We are no use for the kingdom based on the appearance of how we look. You know, Lazarus, you know, he stunk and he had on gray clothes. And, you know, uh, and, uh, I, I can say so much about gray clothes, but uh, it don't mean you're dead because you, you're, you look like you have on, you know, gray clothing. You know, most times people say, thank you, dead. You're dead and stinking and you're done. That, that's not always the case. But, uh, ooh, I could preach that. But go ahead and pause. I hate it. I missed it. I was in, I was at my own church today. So, but, oh, wow.
0: You know, but I'm basically at the closing, you know, where I want you to realize, believe, no matter what your assignment may be. Whether you think it's small, whether you think nobody's going to show up, whether you think, you know, God, I'm at the beginning, I need help. All you have to do is ask, and it shall be given. Knock, Mm -hmm. and it shall be opened. Seek, and ye shall find. And you have to do all of those things. You can't do one without the other.
4: Right. And apostle. can I say this? Uh Uh-huh. Because it looks dead doesn't mean that it's dead. You know, I think about the plants in my garden and the flower in the yard. To me, okay, that's not coming back to life. It look brown like it's something dead. But, you know, as I began to break off and prune off the things that are dead, that's hanging on it like God do us, the things that, that he needs to cut off and prune and and get all that dead stuff off of us, you know, how it pop back to life. Just because it looked like it dead doesn't mean it did. It can come back to life, just like Lazarus. That's it. So we have to know for ourselves, you know, what God is doing in our lives, regardless of what other people think about it, it's regardless of what we think about it ourselves. But we have to trust God that, you know, whatever dead God can restore it back to life. We <laughs> got to be willing to do the work and put the time in. <laughs> oh,
0: glory. glory? Glory. Now, everything God everything that looks dead, ain't dead. That's it. God is showing the manifestations through the word and the natural, just by her getting on the line, speaking, and she doesn't even know what we all shared and what was spoken through the word for her to come back and what confirm exactly what God just spoke to us.
1: It sure did. That's why I had the phone on mute, but I saw a laughing because she had no idea. I sent her the number that you came from St. John we talked about Lazarus. <laughs> no idea. Oh, yeah.
0: So, you know, that God, as John 1 and 1 says, God is the word. The word is yeah. in God. So we have to always, as ministers and ambassadors, servants, no matter what your office, no matter what your title is, we also have to remember you got to go back to the
4: word. You have yes, to go. Yes, ma'am. And
0: you can't the word. nothing. Without the word. Yes, ma'am. That's why I say you may feel like you're bound. You've been in these churches, these ministries. They've hurt you. You know, they've sat you down. They, they've talked about you. They've overlooked you. They've used you. All this stuff put these bound advantages on you. They bound you up. Now God has mm-hmm. come. To
4: say, what does gray clothes look like to you, or what does gray mm. clothes? Which was dead is now alive. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, Pastor. I think about the other story in the Bible. I can't quite uh, put my hand on where it's at. You remember the woman was, uh, you know, was well, she was in the position of bearing her son? Uh huh. <laughs> In other words, I, I, you can't, what's good of having a eulogy up front of you and you don't have no body? And all you had all the, all the Jesus say, tap right on the casket." There's no, ah oh Lord Jesus. What appears to be dead and look like it's dead and yet come alive. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Woo, you, you messed me up. It was over, and God is telling you, no, I need
0: you to come forth. The yes, Lord. Is easing up. Everybody's easing out. They thinking they are gonna go out and party and hang out. No, I want you to come out and go be amongst the people. Yes,
4: because
0: you, when you walk on that on that dance floor, or when you walk in that bar or that restaurant, you think you just going to eat because this is what you like to eat, or it's a new place. But God wants you to sit at the bar this time. Not, we
3: don't
0: have no seat in the regular seating area where you can sit and be sanctified and dignified. No, I want you to go up there, and I want you to order whatever you normally will order. I don't care if you get a glass of wine because he said to drink, but not to drink and get drunk. Some things you got to know how to do. That's it. I That's it. sit there, and it's a man, a wife, or uh, somebody lame. They dumb, they retarded, whatever their ailment is, you have to give them that word of the Lord. Yes, and they're going to sit there and drink until you get there. Huh? Or either you're going to sit in the Walmart or the Kmart or the CVS or wherever until they arrive. Because God's going to send them there. He's not going to yeah. send them to thing with a cross on it and the drummer's drumming, <laughs> the keyboard playing, everybody running and shouting, huckabucking, wigs falling
1: off, you sweating and spitting, and and they're not coming there. Right. Mm-hmm. Can I share something, mm-hmm. um, Apostle? Uh-huh. Um, can I share something on that, what you're talking about? I have two sisters. I'm the middle one. And in order to hang with my sisters, it always had to be at a place, at a club or a lounge or something like that, knowing that here I am, I'm safe and I'm shouting and I'm doing this and doing that, but those were my sisters, and I wanted to hang out with my sisters. So I used to go hang out with my sisters. And every time we hang out, like I said, it was at a club scene or a lounge or something, and I'm sitting there and I'm bored and everything, but it was so many times, even though I was Sitting in there, God used me while I was sitting in there. I would go to the bathroom, and I remember this young lady was crying about her children and everything. I said, I'm not trying to be nosy. But can I share this with you? And I started speaking to her what God, how I went through with mine and what God say to do. So a lot of times, even though I wanted to hang with my sisters, and I'm at the club, and they like, are you asleep? God had me there a reason because I don't care when I went, it was always a young lady or a guy that God had me to minister to right there in the midst of the 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 the, the, the band playing, the band singing or whatever, whatever, until I got to a place where I was telling my sister you know, in order to hang with y'all, we got to be here, then I can't hang with y'all anymore, but in the midst of me going there, God had me there for a reason and like you said, you know, they're not in the church. We got to go out. Not saying that you got to go to a club or go here, go there, but we have to go out. That's why they said, I called you to go out to the hills, you know, in the valleys, on the corn, on the streets, or talk to the young guys that you see every day. You're afraid of them. You're intimidated because they all tatted up in dreads. But God is calling us to come out, you know, and like he was saying, they're not we 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 communicate amongst each other in the church house. How are we gonna go? What about those that are out here? You it's can't okay keep. To, it's, okay to, it's okay to. But when are we gonna take it to the street? And when I say the street if, is,
0: if that's the case, you know, we sitting in the church house. That's supposed to be a hospital. That's where they come. They 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 we diagnose. We help them, and they go back out. And they're to send somebody else. You know, I know a better hospital that you can go to. You, you won't sit long. Huh? You won't be waiting to see. The doctors are very good there. Huh? We all look for that. Because when we're in our time of sickness, I don't got time to be waiting three, four hours. Ten hours. I'm still in the emergency room. Where's the doctors at for real? Where's the triage nurses? Where's the people to usher me in there? I just went to the ER, and that was my whole thing. I know a hospital where I'm going in. My wait might be 11 to 20 minutes if that's it. They already know me. When I get there, whatever they see, God is going to have the angels there waiting for me, and I'm going to go in. They don't want to go nowhere where they're going to get slushed around and you still get pushed to the back. So oh, we'll get yeah. to you when we get to you. I'm <laughs> oh, we'll give you this medicine right here, but as soon as you start refusing things that you know is not for you, that's when they want to start binding you. up. Well, oh, okay, I know how we going to treat this one. You can't treat everybody the same. No two people but, are alike. So when you go out and you send them in, your staff need to be waiting, waiting and ready. We shouldn't have to be trying to figure out. When we go in and we start asking those questions of knowledge, that's because we want to make sure that this is the right person that God said I'm sending you that's coming. When you get to the hospital, they don't know you from Adam and Eve, but the first thing they want to know, where's your money? Let me see your ID. Meaning, do you have your insurance card, and do you have your ID so I know that this is actually you? We're going to sign you in. Then we're going to triage you. Let's see what the first symptoms are that comes up. This is why it took God four days to get to Lazarus because He already knew who Lazarus was. He said because I loved him. Mhm. That's why He didn't have to go and speak. God didn't do all that talking. It said the God that He had God groaned within Himself. The anointing of God was so powerful; all He had to do was groan. Yeah. And he spoke his name, Lazarus, come forth. The groaning awoken, something in the spiritual that charged that man. Even through his belief to know that God will come and save him. God will come and heal him. God will come and deliver him. God will come and open up this tomb. God will come to get me, period, When you believe on the Father, Mm -hmm. and for God to just groan within himself, it charged him. So when he heard his name being called, he had to come forth. Hmm. He had no choice but to come forth. So I'm encouraging you all, stay focused on the Father. Don't be focused on what the world is trying to get you to be focused on. Everybody's worrying about the the, the uh, vaccination. If that's what God is leading you to do, you do it. If not, you pray you ask God. If no one's knocking down your doors, it's not for you, sweetheart. God says that if you ingest any deadly thing, he will make sure that it does not harm you or poison you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He didn't say about the weapons actually being a physical thing. He's talking about all ailments, all things that is meant for your evil. He turns it around for the good. My mama was singing one of my favorite songs that, and I don't normally listen to the whinings, but she was singing Cece Winings' new song, and we were in the gathering, and that was our worship song that we left out on. Because God will do all things. There's nothing that he won't do. There's nothing that will fail when it comes to God. All things will be done. All things will be done. By God. So I say to you, God never lost a battle. He never loses, but what does grave clothes look like to you, or what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about grave clothes?